0: Is this the crusty Crab? No, this is hard rock lunch box. Is this the Krusty Crab? No, this is hard rock lunch box. Is this the Krusty Crab? No, this is hard rock lunch box. <gasps> I'm not a crusty crab. What is up everybody? Welcome to the Hard Rock Lunchbox and of course the top twenty. With any luck at all, we are indeed transmitting today. Yes, it looks like we are indeed transmitting. I feel like that alone is its own victory. So good night everybody and we'll just call it a day from there. Uh no, seriously, we don't need to do that. Uh, we are here the very last day of November of twenty twenty three, which honestly if you had asked me ten years ago if I thought we'd get to probably would have said no it is november 30th 2023 it's finally come up from the 20s in <laughs> the 20 degree mark outside which i think is a huge get for everybody i uh oh man i am so tired i <laughs> i know i know i feel like i start most shows with that but man i i really am i I was in that thing, uh, this morning where my alarm went off and I was like, I'm just going to not do this. And I set another alarm to go off a little bit later. And I don't generally do that because there's, okay. So I guess, so, uh, so people that wake up with alarms may or may not even know this. I, I don't know. Um, but there are, there are actual natural rhythms to your sleepy and wakey times and stuff like that. And your body knows how to wake up. If you try and wake up, any parent knows this, if you wake up, like, so it's like this, right? Like, it's kind of a wave. So if you, you, your body wants to wake up here at the top of this wave, like your most wake time, not woke, that's something else, your most wake time right here is when your body is, like, ready to wake up. Like, those are the mornings when you wake up and you wake up like you're in one of those commercials, like you just slept really well because... Either your diarrhea went away or you got a new mattress or your period's over or whatever. You know the commercials I'm talking about? It's usually like some you know 30-something woman who just wakes up with a smile on her face and a white sheet. That. That's right here. The other one that looks like, why, why didn't you take NyQuil? That's when you wake up like down here. And when you wake up down here, your body is flooded with sleep chemicals. And... It takes a little bit for your body to get rid of those. And so when you wake up here, this is the two in the morning feeding when you wake up out of a dead sleep to feed a child. That. That and when you're just like, I don't mean you walk into the hallway and it's like, why? I can't. I can't do anything. Where am I? Who am I? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing when you're in that sort of place. So generally speaking, when I wake up, I, I don't usually wake up to my alarms. I have them so I get up for work because I'm a functioning member of society, unlike any member of Congress. Uh, but I, I have them, but I generally wake up before my alarms. And the reason that is is because I've learned how to kind of just ride this wave, right? So so uh, as a general rule, if I wake up at all within, a, within 25 minutes or so of my alarm, I'll just get up, even if it's too early, which sucks because I'm... I'm often underslept because of it, but today I was like, I am. I was. I was woke up here to my alarm, and I'm like, I'm gonna try and go back to sleep, and maybe come up to about here. And I think I did that, but not all the way. I mean, I got like maybe a little bit better because I set it to get up a little bit later. And I woke up and I was like, wow, I feel just as bad as I did earlier, and now I'm just later. <laughs> so. I've been fighting uh, El Grago, as the Spanish refer to it. Uh, that's probably not true and probably racially insensitive uh, so I'm sorry Like I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize on behalf of everybody here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox for our cultural insensitivities uh, but uh, yeah so I've just been fighting the grogs all day and uh, just trying to shake it off like spiderwebs and stuff so I apologize uh, if this is less coherent than normal but honestly, on a scale of like less coherent to mo- co- more coherent, uh, I don't, I don't know that anybody would know the difference here. And I think that's fair. Uh, as I said, it's been super cold out the past couple days. It looks like it's going to be a little bit warmer today, which is nice. I mean. I don't know if anybody really wants the weather forecast, but we're looking about like 45 degrees here in uh, northern Suffolk County on Long Island. Uh, and that's better than the 31 degrees it's been in the past couple days. And it was funny, I, um, I've been waiting to walk like a little bit later in the day to give the sun a chance to actually do its thing. Uh, so I went out, I went for a walk on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, something, 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 something. Uh, Today is Thursday, so yesterday I did that. I'm gonna say it was Tuesday. Super cold, and um, I went out and I walked to the park or through the park that's over by my house, and I was very cold. <laughs> like I had not, I had not dressed appropriately. Much like my mother told me uh, many, many moons ago, I did not dress appropriately for the weather. I did have layers on though. I have, I have invested in, and this is funny. If you can picture it I've invested in like sweat pants Like a sweat outfit Not like complete Sopranos leisure wear Like I'm not in a track suit But like I Okay <laughs> Does anybody want my evolution of sweat pants Actually no You know what we should do first Let's just do some housekeeping really quick Um, So, yeah, last week was the uh, Boxgiving 2023 special. I thought it went off without a hitch, except for the part where I wasn't transmitting for most of it. But I feel like everybody got the gist of it. I've decided that I'm going to kind of rework how things are are on that list. I just haven't decided the algorithm I'm going to use. If everybody else can use algorithms to screw everybody else over, I might as well use them, too. I could use AI... Uh, but as I said in, in, uh, at band practice the other night, like, I'm not worried about artificial intelligence because that's going to be a step up from what I've gotten there. What I need is any intelligence whatsoever. <laughs> that's the AI I'm looking for at rehearsal. But so I'm going to come up with an algorithm to kind of make things make more sense. I remember, like, as I was thinking this, I remember thinking, I've thought this thought before. Like, you know when you have, like, deja vu, like, in a place? Like, I've been here before. This was, like, thought deja vu. And I was like, I have definitely thought this before. So I think, and and you guys can weigh in on the chat if you want. Um, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start waiting uh, the, the place, like, by year. Um, to, to come up with a number I think that's probably a good idea and maybe something I played 11 12 years ago and haven't played since will get less of a weight I don't know ex- like like a pers- like a point of it like so let's just say um like, just say for argument's sake just for just for mathematics and for ease of mathematics so let's say I played something in how long have I been doing it 10 years it's 2023 so say in 2013. Let's just say I give every play a 1 for everything that it does and, like, add, you know, .13 to it and, like, kind of add them up that way. So anything gets played more recently would be more... I mean, it's kind of lame on the for-all-time thing, but I'm also struggling with, you know having really super old songs in the countdown but I actually don't mind having super old you know songs in bands I mean it's kind of like upsetting like in the sense that like some of these bands aren't even together and like that's not really a problem per se because like that doesn't super much matter I mean like we can play old bands I mean we, we play old bands all the time um, this is what happens when I'm very groggy and I'm just sort of thinking out loud and running ideas by the crew here and uh, by crew I mean just me. Um but yeah so maybe I'll do something like that I really haven't haven't decided but it might be it might be it might make for a better show so maybe next year I'll just kind of do that uh, I don't have to worry about that with song of the year which is coming up at uh, let's see Monday Tuesday Wednesday, so one two three four that'll be January 4th will be the, um, the the song the the 2023 songs of the box so that'll be your best song of the year I really have no idea what it's going to be this year. Not a a clue. Uh, My guess, if I had to guess, would probably be like maybe in the Pathmaker camp, but uh, I'm not sure, Um, just because I play a lot of one of their songs. It's something like that, but we'll we'll work that out. So anyway, so that was that. Uh, I didn't check the schedule last week, which is why I wasn't broadcasting. Uh, I don't even understand how that goes. It was nothing but... uh, Nothing but organized chaos. If you want to check out the full interview of Bacon is My uh, Podcast, I did a full interview with our very own Annie Stoic, who is currently on tour still with TSO. She's out on the West Coast, but she did a uh, remote in with Beef. Uh, that's going to be, that, that's already out, so, so, so uh, check that out. Uh, discussions and drinks from yesterday is the psychology of uh, recording vocals. I'm going to give that a listen as soon as I get a moment. I want to see what they have to say on that, because it's something I do. It's something I'm actually going in to do again very soon, uh, like within the next two weeks on a project that I'm working in. So I kind of, if they have any tips, I might as well figure out what they So anyway, so it was cold. That's what I was going to say. I went out walking. Uh, I walked to the park, which is about a five-minute, no, four-minute walk from my house. And by the time I got to the middle of the park, it started snowing on me. There was a big black cloud, not... No racism implied. There was a big cloud above me, and uh, it just started just dumping snow. And I was like, I am so underdressed for this. But I will say, I did grab a scarf, which is very unlike me. Um, I never used to wear scarves because as a, I guess, um, trying to be cool person, as a younger person, I thought scarves were not cool. And maybe they are and maybe they're not. But I will tell you, once I started singing... (laughs) Scarves are, like, yeah, man, mandatory. I mean, I'm not talking, like, Scott Weil and, like, frou-frou scarves or, like, you know, pulling scarves out of a hat. I'm talking about, like, an actual wool scarf to keep your neck warm. Um, I don't honestly know the logic of it. I just know that, like, it's a good idea to do that. There's something about me not having tonsils that, like, makes a good idea to keep my neck warm. I don't know the details behind that either. I'm probably just making that up because I should start posting, like, my degree up here, like... It's not a doctor, but, you know, I do have a degree. Anyway, it's not medicine. Uh, But anyway, so I was very grateful because I kept walking. I decided to walk out to uh, the dog run, the West Hills Park dog run, which is just, it's like a 30-minute walk from my house. So it's a nice walk through a quiet neighborhood. But I was so grateful for the scarf, because not only was I not wearing it around my neck anymore, I actually had wrapped it around my face like I was on Tatooine in Star Wars. And it was actually... Fu- like, my nose was definitely, like, like, freezing cold. And I was like... And freezing is applicable, because, you know, it was below 32 degrees, a.k.a. freezing. And uh, it was just super cold. But it was funny, because I decided to walk back, because I have to go up, like, Sleepy Hollow Road, um, which is, like, there's no shoulder... At all. So like you're constantly watching cars and like basically diving into the woods to not get hit by them because you know how cool drivers are when they're not on their phones like they're supposed to be. So I decided to walk back through the woods, and I realized that all the leaves had fallen down, and I couldn't really see the path anymore. I could kind of make out the road, and I was like, this is so the wrong day to be lost in the woods when I'm freezing cold, and basically all I've got is a scarf to save my life. And I was like, this is how it's going to end. But then I realized I had my phone on me, so like at least the government knew where I was. And it's not because of the COVID vaccine. Like, that's not it. I carry my own ship with me voluntarily and willingly, just like most Americans do. Except my daughter, of course, when I'm trying to reach her for something important. Then that phone is nowhere to be found. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, so it was cold. Uh, I was going to say something about that, but I do dig walking. I do like walking in the cold. My chiropractor actually yelled at me yesterday uh, for being out in the cold. He's like, it's too cold. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, what's the temperature outside? I'm like, it's 32 degrees. He's like, what's the human body temperature? I'm like, well, currently it's 32 degrees. So I was just outside. That's only true of like cold-blooded animals, like lizards and turtles, of which I am not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wanted to tell this story about Tony, uh, and Tony listens sometimes, so I feel like he'll appreciate this. <laughs> but it was just, I don't know, <sighs> I don't necessarily know how band personas form. I mean... The four of us in Rebel 9 really just are the four of us in Rebel 9, like, for better or for worse. Like, we are the way we are, but, like, there's just characteristics of each one of us that are just kind of caricatures of ourselves. And for whatever for whatever reason, whenever, like, spe- especially when Nadal says something, uh, Tony just always, like, accuses him of being gay, <laughs> which I'm not, you know, I'm not here to shame. Like, he may be, he might be gay. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what he does all day. I really don't. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's just a constant battle between those two of, you know, like, oh, constantly with the gay, like whatever. And, uh, but Tony was talking about his man cave the other day and we just all just started laughing. Cause like, honestly, like I know lots of people have man caves and they're super proud of them, but like, I can't think of, and I'm using gay in the most non-sexual Tom Segura way. Um, that I possibly can, but it's just to have a man cave just sounds so silly. <laughs> like it just, it just does. And then it immediately went from there into going sexually gay, like uh, you know, accusing Tony of being gay. Uh, you know, when we asked like how many men he had in his man cave, because he, he, we figured he misunderstood what the concept of a man cave is, and that's where he keeps his men. And we decided that Tony actually misspoke. He doesn't have a man cave he has a man cage where he keeps men in for for sex <laughs> and I don't think that's true I've been to Tony's house I mean I've never been all around like I haven't looked all around uh, you know because I don't think Margo would allow that but uh you know each his own like I mean hopefully they're all willing consensual don'ts <laughs> that's it was so much funnier in my head the other day. <laughs> I, was I just can't figure out... Like, I can't figure out how to convey how funny that is when you're not hearing it in the context of, like... Hey, man, let's rehearse as you run real fast. <laughs> like, it's just... It's just a whole... It's just a whole other animal. Just a whole other animal. So, I don't know. But that's... That's that's Rebel 9 News for right now. <laughs> it's just... I don't even know what else to do with it. But, yeah, that's Rebel 9 News. Um, the other thing... So... It's funny, I don't, I don't, I I don't, I rarely am on, uh, you know, social media anymore. I've really just kind of tried to just not be, I'm just happier for it. Um, you know, I'm just calmer and like, doesn't take up time and stuff. Like, I still like my, my Instagram feeds and stuff because it doesn't really activate anything, but like, you know, sometimes it does. And I really just try and like... Avoid all that, so it's just easier to just avoid all that. But for some reason, I don't know. Like, I feel like I have had an uptick on posting stuff on Facebook, and it feels like a compulsion more. It's like I'm trying to just not do the politics anymore, but I just can't help it. Like, sometimes it just is just so. It's like a, it's like a knee-jerk reaction. Like if I'm not thinking about it, I'll just do it. And I had actually posted the other day or yesterday or whatever, uh, saying that AOC really says the dumbest stuff sometimes. And you know, I believe that to be true. I've seen her say really dumb stuff, uh, and you know, she's a congressman. She's not. Or congressperson she's not like you know a nobel laureate for you know, a, you know science or whatever she's not she's not a genius she's just you know a working class and i think she does a lot of good stuff for the people for the, for her constituents i mean seriously if you want to compare aoc with george santos i mean like come on she's she's really the real deal but it doesn't mean she doesn't say stupid stuff sometimes and it's not that she's the only congressperson that does i mean The Mike Johnson thing that really just blew me away recently when he was talking about why he's got such an anti abortion stance. He was like, Well, you know, you talk about the economy and stuff and think about like how many jobs and workers we can infuse into that economy to do these jobs if we just outlaw abortion. Like, that's his thing. Like, he, he, like, he actually said that. It was like, let's ban abortion so we have more people to work in this country. Not to mention he's from Louisiana, just a state over from the biggest immigration crisis this country has seen since the Irish came here. I mean, and nobody likes the Irish. I'm kidding. Irish are fine. Okay. Those Italians, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> You know, so if you really wanted to infuse people in the workforce, maybe not, you know, take over a woman's right to choose and just like, you know, have some migrants come in, fill out some paperwork, and they can go work at Walmart, which has been my take the entire time. And it's also my take in New York City, which is actually what my beef with AOC was. Right. So they're talking about this migrant crisis in New York City. And that's kind of what it is. And we really shouldn't be allowing migrants just to come in. Like most people that are in New York City statistically, or at least the last thing I had heard on NPR, I think, or maybe it was 1010Wins. Most of the most of the migrants that are here that come up from Texas are single adult males, or not sing, not necessarily single. They are solo, they're alone, they're not with their family. Adult males, and they're here looking for work. Right? That's what a migrant technically is. Those are people that migrate across borders, and they do it like in state, but when it's international, they they migrate over for work. Right? It's not uncommon. Like birds migrate, butterflies migrate that kind of thing they migrate where work is right so these are migrants that are looking for work that is not an asylum that that is not an acceptable asylum reason in this country now again i don't make immigration policy not yet but i don't currently make it so like asylum is really like when you need like you need to seek asylum. You need to seek a safe place to exist, not because you can't find work, not because all that stuff, but like because you're pol- like politically persecuted is a big one. Um, civil war is a big one. Like you'll see a lot of asylum seekers. Like when things went south in Ukraine, right? Like we got a lot of that when uh, like in in Rwanda during that stuff, during Yugoslavia. Like when Yugoslavia was falling apart, like there was a lot of asylum seekers. Cause trying to get away like that's going on like in syria iraq there were a lot of refugees and stuff like those were asylum seekers and they were like you know you have like christian minorities in a muslim country you see that a lot too and in central america you see a lot of the gang stuff and the cartel stuff like people are like in danger for their lives or their families in danger for their lives that is grounds for uh, an application for asylum it's not necessarily because dude i can't find a job that's a whole other thing, and I feel like it could be very easily handled. I've said it a dozen plus thousand times. Like, if that's really the issue, then I think Big Agra, which is the biggest employer of, of migrant workers, but Big Agra, Walmart, and Amazon should just go down and have like a college fair level sort of thing in McAllen, Texas, and just be like, here's, we're having a job fair, basically. So. Just, like, come here, fill out this paperwork, we'll get you a temporary visa, you go to work for us in Arizona, Montana, Louisiana, whatever. But at least they have some sort of sponsorship. That would end the migrant thing, or deal with the migrant thing. And then we can get back to the, the dealing with asylum seekers. Because asylum seekers, like I said, is really a whole other thing. Like, I appreciate that people, if economic... Hardship is a bitch, like it really is, but I grew up super poor too, so like I understand that it's just not always about somebody else solving your problems, but when you are in danger for your life, when you fear for your physical safety... Then asylum is appropriate, and we should have nothing but asylums, like a real asylum seekers here in New York City. Uh, and and honestly, we shouldn't even have them. Like they're crossing the southern borders. The fact that Texas is shipping them up here, I still consider to be human trafficking. But again, that's not that's not on me. But New York City has consistently said we are being overrun, and we do not have the resources to to pay for these things. Uh, and, and despite the fact that they're using it much like everybody used, like inflation is a boogeyman, they're using the migrant crisis as a boogeyman, like New York City does not have the tax base to to pay for everything it's trying to pay for, right? That's Anybody that lives on a budget knows how that works. So what they're doing is they're trying to scapegoat the migrant crisis and say, we have too many migrants, so we have to cut the school budget by 30%. It's a bullshit thing, but it's not completely bullshit because... Part of it is actually true. If we had some of that billion dollars back, we could fund some of these other things. But so what AOC was doing was she was critiquing the the uh, the Adams administration and saying that you know this is ridiculous. You know, get your house in order. You should be able to do these things. These budget cuts are bullshit. Now, what <laughs> the problem is is that the like, it might not be the only thing, but a big chunk of the squeeze on New York City right now are all the migrants that are here the you know, the projections for what it's gonna cost and the resources in manpower of people trying to do these jobs to get them all, you know, squared away is a tremendous amount of time and resources and money. And what what AOC needs to be doing as a member of Congress is comprehensive immigration reform or at least some sort of decompression strategies for the city. The city has asked for help constantly. Adams has gone to court to try and pause or stay or repeal The right to shelter law. The right to shelter law is a wonderful thing in New York City, but if it's being overrun, it's being overrun. You can't just say like, okay, everybody gets a free slice of pizza because once you run out of pizza, it's really hard to give everybody a free slice of pizza, and that's what's happening, right? And you got people like the ACLU, which I'm a card-carrying member, that are suing the Adams administration because it's the wrong thing to do, but like to, to to cancel the right to shelter law. But again, you just don't have any place to put people. Like, I don't understand why people don't understand that. We don't have the means to support this. What would you like us to do? And, like, I I just... I feel that before somebody like AOC or any member of Congress critiques anything that's going on in New York City, they should at least attempt to do their job that's in their purview. New York City has zero control over the southern border. I don't know what you know about maps, but New York is, like, way up here... Actually, this is reverse. New York is way over here, and the southern border is, like, way down here. New York, southern border. We have zero say in what goes on down there. Besides, most southern states are controlled by Republican governors who clearly aren't doing a very good job anyway. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having that problem. The only thing they did right was actually send them to to San Francisco, New York City, to make it a national issue. Because now people like me are actually giving shit, and I'll give them credit where credit is due. That was a good marketing move. So they've, they've accomplished that, but they've accomplished very little else. But still, they're sending migrants to the most expensive places in the, in the state to kind of acclimate. Like, I think this would be better in the badlands of Texas, where it costs, I don't know, a dollar to feed a family for a month, as opposed to a dollar per minute to house a migrant in New York City hotels. <laughs> And I feel like Congress really should do something about that. And before they start critiquing the budgets of the big cities that are struggling and asking for help they need to get their own house in order first and that was my comment and that's all I said about her saying something, AOC saying something stupid and the point of that, now it's getting too late, but the point of that is the amount of shit I caught from the left was just bananas and it wasn't even accurate like the stuff I was getting thrown at the stuff that was getting thrown at me wasn't even accurate, it wasn't anything that I said it's just the left just trying to get their point across, saying what they want to say and justifying what they're thinking, it's the exact same shit that the right pulls and It's so annoying when it's on either side. But like, you know, people are always like, uh, you know, left versus right, left versus right. Fucking knock it off. Stop it. There, we, there's way more of us in the center than there are left and right. It just seems like the extreme left and right are the loudest and dumbest people that we can possibly put up because they don't have the wherewithal to just shut up about stuff or just have some some sort of common sense. If you're arguing with me because your team is being offended, then go watch football because you know what? I give a shit less about. I I don't give a shit. I could not give it less of a shit about the Steelers and the Cowboys and the Islanders and the Rangers and the Mets and the Yankees. I just don't care. It doesn't affect my life at all. The only time I'll really step in is like the women's national soccer team against basically anybody on earth because at least that's exciting and there's also a chance that we'll win and that's cool. But all these other things like stop picking a team. Stop picking a political team. That's not how politics and discourse work. If you are that person and you are on a team and fighting for that team, regardless of what's being said, you are the problem. Left, right, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's easy enough to just take an issue and take a person and decide whether or not what they're doing or what that policy is doing is right or wrong. You can have an ideological argument all day long. It should not matter what party they're from. Have the argument, have the discussion, but stop picking a side first. That is the problem here, and if you're doing that, you're the problem, and we really just don't need you to keep doing it. And I personally would appreciate it if you stopped. I've talked way too long speaking of things that people would appreciate if they stopped. So I will end that. Uh, I'll end the top 20 now. We'll get on with Hard Rock Lunchbox. I'll try and wake up a little bit because I'm still obviously not paying attention at all. Uh, and here's some music. I'm thinking, you know, some Paramore. Hard Rock lunch box oh i apologize for the dead air i was actually just reading something very uh i was reading something about a band i'm going to play uh in a few minutes but i do have this music for you i'm going to play this for you now and uh then we'll just uh carry on uh otherwise in just a minute uh oh i remember what i wanted to say about this band so this is like one of those other like um not compilations um why am I just drawing such I know why I'm drawing such a blank. It's collaborations. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the band is called Sky Limit, I guess, which I had never heard of. But Lauren Babik from um, Red Handed Denial is on vocals. And she does an amazing job on this. And it's just always so good to hear her sing. I just I love the way she sings. I love her voice. So it was cool to hear. So I grabbed it for you. And uh, here it is. A place you'll never find on the box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. So the thing I was reading uh, just before, because I wanted to get it right, it's about this band called The Ghost Inside, which I had never heard of, uh, but I I grabbed a new song from them called Death Grip, which I kind of dug. Uh So I sent it over to Mike and Jimmy. I was like, oh, I'm taking this song or whatever. And Mike was like, oh, that's the band that had the bus crash. And I was like, I don't know anything about this. So I figured I wanted to read on it uh, just so I can have some accurate information for you. And it's actually, like, super interesting. So, uh yeah, so the band is called The Ghost Inside. They've been around for, it looks like, since 2004. So, I mean, I've never heard of them. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's not. Obviously, things exist without me hearing of them. But, it was just sort of an interesting thing. So uh, here's the deal. Um, so we touring band, kind of warped Tour level. On the morning of November 19, 2015, the band's tour bus collided head-on with a tractor-trailer while headed west to Mesa, Arizona on U.S. Highway 180, eight miles east of the Border Patrol checkpoint outside of El Paso, Texas. The drivers of both vehicles died while the remaining ten people on the bus survived. Uh, Jonathan, Zach, Andrew, and two others were hospitalized in critical condition. On January 13, 2016, that's several weeks later, uh, Vigil posted his first update via Instagram since the accident where he stated his injuries and his grateful- where he stated his injuries and his gratefulness to be alive. Uh, the next day, uh, the drummer Andrew, confirmed via his instagram account that he that the accident had resulted in him in losing one of his legs uh, following an initial 10 day coma so yeah on march 22 uh, 2016 cuz andrews the drummer and he lost one of his legs that's kind of a big deal during the live stream of the warp tour band announcement of that year it was announced that Ghost inside would play warp tour 2017 uh, 2017. An, an announcement that far in advance was unprecedented. They were the first band announced for the tour. Uh, blah 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 blah. But they—the point of it is—they actually kept their drummer. I was actually trying to find out what the deal was, and, like if he plays. I guess, I mean, I guess he can play with a, a leg, but I don't know if he has the that I was looking for more information on that uh, so I could actually provide you with something a little bit more about this band that I'm about to play, but I can't. I have failed you all, and I'm sorry. It's not the first time, it certainly won't be the last time. But the band is The Ghost Inside. The song is Death Grip, and, uh, it's on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Hey! Little bear tooth for you. You know, I just, uh, I just searched for my Spotify Rap 23. It turns out my number one song of the year was Side Out, which is probably not a surprise to anybody. I honestly, I love the way Side Out came out. And I'm not even just saying that because I wrote the goddamn thing. Like, I really do love the way it came out. And I listened to it a lot um, because it was the first Rebel 9 song to come out in a very long time. So, it was something I would listen to, like, kind of all the time. And I do this thing where once I get the masters in, I don't listen to them anymore. Like, my drummer, like, who does, like, absolutely nothing to help the band ever, like, from a a promotions point of view, ever, uh, will listen to, like, you know, recordings, like, our own recordings, stuff that we have. He will never listen to it, like, on Spotify, (laughs) like, which actually does us some good, like, if he did that, but, like, can't be bothered to do that. That's, like, literally the kind of stuff I'm up against. All the time, like just a very simple thing could easily be done. But so I get the masters, and I don't listen. Like I have two more masters. The the masters for Aaliyah and Inside are both done, and they'll be both released in twenty twenty four. I will probably not listen to them until. I post them onto DistroKid. Like, I'll listen to it to confirm that it's all right and there's no errors. But I probably won't listen to them again until they actually come out in Spotify. And I do that because it creates my own, I want to listen to these songs kind of thing. And so... I don't know. Um, that's what I'm going to do. But I was just checking out, uh, and all I did is I went into Spotify and I searched for Wrapped, and it actually showed me all the other wraps. Like, you can do like Wrapped 22, Wrapped uh, 2021, I guess, if you want to go back. But it was no surprise that Side Out uh, was the first. What was actually surprising, though, and probably won't surprise you guys, is uh, Rebel 9 did three new covers this year that we had never done before. We did Blinding Lights we did Vaseline and we did uh, Master of Puppets so guess what songs 2, 3, and 4 were on my, on my route yeah that's uh, funny <laughs> Ah, That's what happens. I should get like my own account just or like a separate account just when I'm learning songs. I'm playing along with them. So, oh, well, it is what it is. It's time for a segment. I don't think this is a new segment. I think this is a recurring segment here on the box that I like to call. Do I even like it? In this week's uh, segment, Do I Even Like It, we're going to focus and spotlight on Stand Atlantic, a band that I really, really really like, and I think that last record was just something that everybody should spend a lot of time listening to. Obviously, you should listen to Rebel 9 more so we get your stats for uh, your rap, but second can be Stand Atlantic and be fine. I really think that last record was just absolutely brilliant. But since then, uh, it feels like the singer has been leading the band into like different kind of areas of music, and I'm not opposed to different genres, but sometimes I lose bands that way. I was actually just talking to my middle child about um, um What's the name of the band? What's the name of the band? They did Masterpiece Theater. Um, why can't I think of the name of the band? Um, not The Struts. Uh, now i got to look it up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold 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 on. Shake. Uh, Marianna's Trench, right? I was talking about Marianna's Trench. And how, like, their first two records are very pop smart, but they're very definitely rock. And then they kind of just went off into an area where, I guess, like One Direction or B G S only... Only Dare Travel. So I feel like the check from Stan Atlantic is starting to do that. And I was listening to this while I was out walking, and I was like, I really don't like this. But by the end of the song, it's like, oh, I kind of like this. So it's like, I don't know where I stand on this particular song, which is why I'm bringing y'all in, because now I'm from the South. And I really just don't know. And that's why we're in... DJ even like this it's stand Atlantic, it's sex on the beach, and maybe it's on the box hard, rock lunch, box for me arguably one of the greatest inventions or updates into the iPhone, I don't know if this is true on droids I've never had a droid Um, of the iPhone is the ability to take a, when you get a text message and you read it and then you can mark it as unread. I don't know when that started, but I know it wasn't always there because it was always a problem. Like, I would read something and be like, yeah, I'll get back to you later. And then I would just forget because, honestly, I'm just super busy. So, like, sometimes I would screenshot it and email myself or whatever. But, like, sometimes, like, when you're driving, you just can't really do that. So they have now, and I've had for a little while, the mark is unread, which is great. But I will say, I have a text here from Andy Sexton to listen to something that he's been working on. And I said I'd listen to it after the show. So I marked the text as unread so I would not forget to do it. I have now opened the same message five times thinking it's a new message, but I'm just not paying attention. It's like, oh, look, there's a new message. I should probably check it out. I've had to mark it as unread. So I'm going to try and not read Andy's message for the rest of the show. And that's actually a good thing for once. <laughs> but uh, another good thing is I have brand new music from Four Years Strong who never seemed to disappoint. I dig this one. It's Dead End Friend. It's on the box. Fu- Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Yeah, man. Next week we're doing our Long Island Rock Unplugged Returns. That's uh, going to be at Nostalgia and Beth Page. And uh, Julia from the Neon Skyline is going to be on board. you forgot who the Neon Skyline is. That's completely understandable. I do it every day. heard a new song from Head B that I liked in about 10 years. So, congratulations, guys. That sounds good. Uh, man, I was talking uh, music the other day and just lamenting still that Three Days Grace uh, without Adam is just not as good, and St. Asonia, Asonia with Adam is also just not as good as Three Days Grace was with Adam. But, man, they really did give us a lot of good music. But I'm glad that St. Asonia is at least still putting stuff out. This one's not super bad. I mean, it's great because it's Adam and it's John from Skillet. So, like, it's done well and it's good music. It's just... I don't know, man. It's hard to really improve on, like, one of your favorite bands if they decide to, like, not be your favorite band anymore. You know? Just... But that's my pile of shit to shovel. Not you! It's time for a little Santa Sony on the box. Am I right? I'm right. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. So, I spend a lot of time listening to the band Rush, and I don't do it all the time. They're an older band, so, like, I do it on occasion. Uh, I tend to listen to a lot of older music during the holidays when work is a little bit slower and I can kind of just be more reflective, and it's sort of like my version of comfort food. Like, I don't really need turkey and stuffing, but I do like to listen to, like, Rush and Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Deep Purple and stuff that I kind of, like, grew up on. Um, But I was listening to it this week, and or last week, rather, and for whatever reason, I was just... I guess it's not really the first time I noticed it, but it was the first time I was able to sort of articulate it. The drummer, Neil Peart, as I come to find out, it's pronounced later on, um, arguably one of the greatest rock and roll drummers of all time. Um, he's, he's in everybody's top ten, even if you don't like the band. Like everybody appreciates just how good and uh, of a percussionist he is. Like not even just a drummer, just a percussionist. So I was listening to, and I was I was like honing in on that specific point. So I was listening to a lot of it, uh, and I actually sent to to Mike and Jimmy. And I was like, you know, this dude is literally the only person in music that constantly overplays on the drums, and yet it's still not enough drums. <laughs> like it's like that post, like when Betty White died. Like she was ninety nine years old, and everybody was like, yeah, that's that's too young. <laughs> that's, that's too young for Betty White. But it's just so funny to like listen to that over time and over time and over time and again and again and again and again and and just hear just how brilliantly this band, and all three of them were tremendous musicians, but specifically when I was listening to the drums, but like the way these musicians know when and where to place their excellence is got to be the most amazing part about this band. For any band leader, or, or somebody that, you know, any songwriter, the, the the biggest conversation you end up having when you're working on a new song is, like, you can't step on this because this is happening over there. I mean, like, you see this, like, and I'm not comparing myself to Mozart or Bach or Beethoven, but you, you see this, like, when when Mozart would write, like, he would have these competing things and he would have to work them out so that the violas wouldn't be at the same time as the piccolos, as the violin, right? It's important. It's, it's orchestration. In orchestration is what helps make a great and complex song listenable. Otherwise, it's just complete chaos. But the simple fact that this band knows when and where to put every single fill and every single riff... And every single, just mwah, every single time is just the most impressive I've ever seen. And bands, prog rock bands that have tried to do it since do a great job. Dream Theater's a perfect example. They do a great job. I just don't think there's ever been a better band band at it than Rush. And I think it's because they were all three brilliant musicians. They all three had nothing but mutual respect for each other. And all three of them understood that the song was the most important thing. Not their individual egos, not their individual recognition, not their individual talents. What can I add to this song to make it better? And that right there is the difference between pretty much every band on earth and a great one. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. The Struts have put out some brand new music. It's softer, it's quieter, and it doesn't sound like it's ripping anybody off, so... I'm super duper into that. Song's called "Bad Decisions," and I've got it for you right now. On the box. Hard rock lunch box. Yeah, man, that sound means only one thing. It's time for your weekly Craving of the Week with, of course, Craving Strange. The boys are in the studio recording new material. I know that to be a fact because I seen it, or at least seen photos of it with my own very eyes. I've also talked to our producer, who is their producer, so I have the inside track on the fact that they are indeed recording at least guitars, as far as I'm aware. So that's usually a good start uh, for getting new Craving Strange stuff. However, we have no new Craving Strange stuff. I think it's because... they hate their fans. That's the only reason I can honestly think of, and that's why, unlike Rebel 9, who's got new new music you know, out and stuff like that. I'm kidding. Of course, Craving Strange does not hate their fans. Jimmy will be representing Craving Strange, as far as I can tell, at the Unplug show coming up next Friday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think I'm actually following him, which is something I don't like doing, so I might swap it out with Mikey and make him suck it in the middle there. <laughs> Whatever phrasing you want to offer is fine, but hey, man. Here's your weekly craving of the week. Careful for the landmines. Always good advice. Landslide. Of everything and let slide Burning up my hindsight, I- and a gray sky, thinking about my lifetime, hearing all the right lines out. Well, man, that brings us to the end of yet another Hard Rock Lunchbox. Yep, I can barely believe it either, but I am super grateful because, as always, I probably have to go pee. I definitely could use some more coffee and definitely some water. I might get something to eat, but you didn't ask me about that, so I'll stop talking about it. I'll be grateful, and I'll thank all of you for taking time out of your day to listen to everything we're doing here. At the Hard Rock Lunchbox And I assure you Whether you like it or not We will be back next week Roughly the same time the same place And maybe we can do A little preview Of the, all the bands That are playing uh, The Unplugged Which will be next Friday At Nostalgia in Beth Bay. Don't forget Next Friday It's going to be all night turn return of the Long Island Rock Unplugged Series Maybe we can start this up For realsies uh, but at least we're going to do this one before the end of the year. It's going to be fun. I promise uh, that it's going to be fun, at least for for some of us. I can't promise for everybody because that's just too much of a promise. But I will do our best. We will all do our best to give you do a really good show, and so you can have a good night. But we'll talk more about that next week when the Hard Rock Lunchbox returns. In the meantime, here's a little something to kick your weekend off. Have yourself a great afternoon and rest your week. And I'll see you next week. The Hard Rock Lunch. Box.